Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's going good, Amy. We are a week away. We are. A week away, a week away. Oh, mm-mm. No? No. It, okay. Yeah. I'm not, uh, yeah, nope, not going to say that. Um, but good good attempt there. Very uh, very dad joke-ish. Yes. So, nicely done. Well, I have a few of those. Yeah. So, all right. So, you're headed in this weekend, I believe. Spend some time with your family in town. And That's right. everything kind of kicks off. You and I will be over there kind of getting things starting to set up on Tuesday. Yes. So, we uh, kind of get get all checked in and... A lot of lot of work to get some meeting rooms ready, get things going, and then I'll be helping. You know, the resolutions committee is kind of the first committee that comes into town and gets started. They do their work the week before. So, you know, a week from today, I'll actually be just blowing and going right in the middle of the process. So, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Uh, signage starts going up on Monday, Amy. That's nuts. They got well, a, I, like a... 80 foot crane out there to put up that big sign on the side of the building. That's it's awesome. It's starting on Monday. Well, so. I am looking forward to getting back to Nashville and I I think it's time. I think we are ready. There's a lot yes. of lot of people, you know, making their plans, getting ready to come, lots of discussion online. It, it, eventually you just reach a point where we all just need to get in the room. Yeah. And, and speaking of being in the room, you and I for the last 4 or 5 years on this podcast have championed large gatherings at the annual meeting. 10,000. We were like, just, we want 10,000. That's something we've been yelling about for the last two, three, four years. I think we're going to get it. I think we're going to get that. And then some, so we may have like a 5,000 crowd plus a 10,000 crowd at this point. So, and and this is something here. Here's something crazy. Amy. So you've been going to the annual meeting a lot longer than I have. I just thought about this yesterday. The largest crowd at an annual meeting I've seen is 9,800 when we were in Dallas in 2018. I've never seen a full room, so to speak, or a room with maxed out type capacity that we're going to see in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you were in Greensboro, you were in, you know, Indy back in the day, like some of the bigger conventions right. that were over 10,000. You were in Orlando. But, oh, I wasn't. I didn't get oh, to go to Orlando. Orlando. No. Okay. So that's the, well, la- but even that Orlando, was the last like, big one. The Orlando was the last big one we had, over 10,000. But it still was not near like a quote-unquote capacity crowd for that room. Right. It was just a lot of people. But we're going to have what we had in Orlando plus 50% probably. Yeah. Which folks that were in Orlando, think about that for a minute. And then whenever you pick yourself up off the floor – you know, get ready for next week because it's it's going to be full. It's going to be wild. I I cannot believe we're going to have fifteen thousand ish, and uh, we'll we'll you know keep an eye on that registration total. But it it's amazing to see the numbers right now. Yeah, and nobody knows what it means either. That's the crazy thing. I so. know, but here's what I tell you. I know I know one thing. It means it means more people getting engaged in the process, and that is that is always that is always a good thing. Yes, absolutely. So we are uh, excited about that. And we always preach on here that decisions are made. By those who show up. 
That's right. All righty. Well, hey, you know who else is showing up? Our good friends from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I'll talk a little bit about them here in just a minute. But before we get to that, we are sponsored each and every week here by Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where you can get the theological training and the hands-on experience you need to thrive in ministry. Wherever and however God is calling you to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission, Southwestern offers a degree path to equip you. Whether you're pursuing a bachelor, master, or doctoral degree, Southwestern Seminary is here to walk alongside you as you live your calling. You can learn more at swbts.edu. Uh, I got some some good news on uh, the, the VP front, good friend of the pod, Ed Upton, named interim VP for institutional advancement. Yeah, I saw that. That was very exciting. So great news. We're we're so proud of Ed and happy for him and Southwestern. Yeah. So congrats to Ed on that. And uh, I'm a little mad at Ed this week, Amy. He was out playing golf a couple times this week and was like FaceTiming me from the course. And I'm like, that's fun. That That's just not fair, man. That's not fair. So congratulations to Ed over at Southwestern. But we do start with Southwestern this past week. Uh, as we reported last week, the book of reports came out. And in the book of reports was a response to a motion filed by Benjamin Cole, a messenger from Oklahoma, uh, in which he asked a, a question of the seminary. Their response came out in last week's book of reports. And in that response, Southwestern alleged that documents including confidential donor information, student records, institutional correspondence, financial records, historical files, and meeting and convention records were taken from the president's home. And that also the president and his wife had taken seminary property in, in the way of furniture and paintings. So um, Dr. Patterson, uh, the former president at Southwestern, responded to that this week. Yes, he did. He spoke to Baptist Press and said that items belonging to Southwestern were not not to his knowledge improperly taken. He said that documents described as purged were taken care of with nothing of value being destroyed. Also said he and his associates had not received a confidential donor list or attempted to divert gifts from Southwestern to the Sandy Creek Foundation. So it's a situation, you know, Southwestern made a public statement in response to a motion, and then Dr. Patterson has now responded publicly to that. So it's kind of a, let's, everyone's sort of putting their thoughts about this on the record. Yes, and and speaking of on the record, Philip Levant, the chair of the board, Uh, said that they um, unanimously approved the response and also emphatically stand by our response as it is truthful and verifiable. So um, he also uh, urged all Southern Baptists to carefully read the response in its entirety to understand the scope of the challenges faced by the institution in the wake of the former president's rightful dismissal. So uh, a little back and forth this week in the press uh, about this and uh, the story over at Baptist Press. So we will see if there's anything more on this kind of leading up to the annual meeting or at the annual meeting. You know, messengers have question time uh, that can ask uh, and have discussions with seminary presidents. So we'll have to see if anything comes of this at the annual meeting in just a couple of weeks. All right, Amy, some good news. Good friend of the pod, Trevin Wax, one of our great friends. Uh, I know you you and I know him very well, known him for more than a decade now, uh, is headed to the North American Mission Board to lead a resource and research initiative. That's right. He's going to be vice president of resources and research. And that will be something that is is trying to 
to reach pastors and church planting missionaries. It will be a, a, a role where he heads up a group that creates free material centered on the needs of current and up and coming pastors and church planters, also conducting original research, reporting on missions related and church leadership topics. So a great way to kind of get right at those who are on the front lines in North America. Absolutely. So Trevin is kind of the man for that. Whenever I think of research and resources for the pastors, I mean, he's right at the top of the list. So congratulations to Trevin on that. I know he's going to do great in that. Can't wait to see what he and Nam kind of cook up for pastors to help them as they uh, do their jobs out in our churches. So Congrats to Trevin. Looking forward to that, and it'll be good to see him next week at the annual meeting. And, Amy, it's the first of the month. You know what that means. CP. Hey, I've got some great news. Let's we hear We almost it. hit $17 million in National Cooperative Program gifts this past month. That's awesome. You know where That's it was a really year awesome. ago? Where? In the middle of the pandemic, 14.8. Wow. So we were more than $2.1 million above last year's giving in the same month. That's exciting. Because churches weren't meeting for the pandemic. And it's just amazing to see how Southern Baptists are being faithful and how God is uh, kind of blessing the work of Southern Baptists through the cooperative program. So also some good news, Amy. Designated gifts went to almost $22 million this past month, which is $8.7 million more than the thirteen point two last year at the same month, so in May last year. So that was, you know, the Annie Armstrong, that we remember we saw that big drop in Annie last year because of the pandemic, because everything kind of hit right at that time of Annie giving, and it looks like Annie's really strong again this year. So it has rebounded well. The financial um, rebound that we've seen in the country is is kind of, showing in our churches and our people are being generous our people are being committed and they're being good stewards and uh it's it's showing in the reports amy there we go so we we are above budget for the year by 3.44 percent uh which is just incredible so um that you know we didn't really know what was going to happen with the cp last year when the pandemic hit we we made it through the end of the year at 192 million dollars which i think both you and i were quite pleased about. And, uh, you know, it was just a, a testament of the faithfulness of Southern Baptist. And then we're seeing that carry on this year and uh, seeing that, that giving be up 3.44% through eight months, only four months left in the budget year. We'll see how it ends. And, uh, things are on the right track. Eh? Very good. That's exciting. All right. Up to Missouri, we go. The Missouri Baptist convention and the North American mission board have agreed to send Missouri a uh, church planning strategy for the state. Yeah, this is great. So in the uh, SIN Network Missouri strategy, NAM is going to deploy church planters, provide assessment, training, funding to plant new churches across the state. So this is an agreement that's been signed with the Missouri Baptist Convention, and it just clarifies sort of the church planting lanes of responsibility and lets NAM really focus on what they do best. Yeah. So we've seen this from other states. We saw this in Oklahoma, Florida, Michigan, several other states, West Virginia, I think even um, Send Northwest is something, Send New Mexico, I believe they have a New Mexico thing too. So we're seeing this pop up across the country. And uh, this is just the latest iteration of this for NAM to partner with state conventions for church planting. So congratulations, John Yates. Uh, we'll see him next week. Uh, he's going to be a busy man, Amy, as uh, he serves as our recording secretary in just a few days. All right. Well, that's short uh, news week this week. Amy, we'll talk a little bit more about some annual meeting stuff here at the end, but uh, that's going to do it for our news and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, 
Blow our minds. Yeah, we are going to go back to 1957. And this is kind of right after the Southern Baptist Convention had happened. So this is when the dates, you know, were a little bit different. And I want to just hit a few highlights that are really interesting. So the new president of the Southern Baptist Convention in 57 that had just been elected was very, very rare. It was a lay person. This was Brooks Hayes, member of the U.S. House of Representatives from Arkansas. So even though... Congressman. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I haven't spent a lot of time looking into, like, digging into all the things that Brooks Hayes did, but he was very involved in the convention, obviously, because he was president. But, um, but you know, very interesting. We've had some lawmakers in recent years. I would think um, James Lankford is probably the one right now, which he's not super involved in convention things now, but he was at one time, you know, uh, in, in Oklahoma in particular. But... We we see that sometimes where we have Southern Baptists who are in areas of public service. But this, Brooks Hayes is probably the most involved in the last 100 years. Um, and he was elected president of the SBC in 1957. Also, the SBC voted in 1957 to locate their sixth Southern Baptist seminary in Kansas City, Missouri. So congratulations to... I, I think the, the airport was built around that time, too. It's amazing that you would find a way to really work that in, uh, for sure. And it's on brand, Amy. Yes, yeah. Now here's one. There was a recommendation of the uh, committee on time, place, and preacher. Remember that, which has been kind of consolidated into the committee on order of business. They uh, they had elected that the following year, fifty eight, the convention preacher would be Robert Naylor who we all know, former president. Yeah, Rebecca Naylor's father, president of Southwestern Seminary. But they also voted that (laughs) in... It's funny you go to former president and I go to Rebecca's father. I know. Why don't we say Dr. Naylor? Because she's awesome. So Dr. Naylor, Dr. Rebecca Naylor. He's also Dr. That's true. That's fair. All right. So, but here's another thing. They recommended, they voted that they would meet in 1960 in Miami Beach, Florida. I want to know... How we can get that because that <laughs> I want to go back to Miami Beach. Well, we're going that, to Anaheim next year. That's close. I mean, not close um, to Miami, but not, like the setting. The setting. I, I don't know. Amy, I, I was just out there. Now look, it was in the mid seventies with palm trees and okay, ocean breeze. You know, I had dinner down in Orange Beach or whatever. Or not Orange Beach, uh, Laguna Beach. I mean it. It's like Miami Beach, but with a further flight for us. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And milder uh, weather, probably. Yeah. But anyway, it, th- this is just interesting. I always love watching, reading these old convention wrap-ups because they just remind me of the things that were a really big deal at the time and now are just kind of uh, either a, a footnote in history or a part of daily life. So it was a big deal to vote to start a new seminary. And now think about all these graduates we have out there from Midwestern, all sorts of things going on. It's just a part of convention life. Uh, so anyway, it's it's always fun this time of year to just pick years almost at random and say, all right, let's see what was either happening getting ready for the convention or happening in wrapping up. And so uh, kind of exciting, but probably the most interesting piece of trivia is we had just elected a layperson, um, and we're reporting on that this week in SBC history. 
Yeah. So here's a here's a look at some of the cities that we met in in the 60s. Okay. I think you would have liked the 60s in the SBC, Amy. So 1960, we just uh, mentioned it. My, okay, Miami not Beach. not all not always, but not yeah. always. Okay, well, yeah, there's here, some, I'm just you're, yeah, you're well, speaking specifically about location. I just want yes. to say there's some there were some pretty tough issues back then. Well, I but, yes, noted and and yeah. agreed. All right, yeah, but l- let me run through the 60s where we met, and you tell me if you would have liked this or not. Okay. So you just mentioned Miami Beach. That was 1960. St. Louis, 61. In 62, we went to San Francisco. Oh, 60- I'd like that. See, Ride a trolley. 63, Kansas City. 64, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Yeah, that would be interesting. That's, that's like really out of the box. I did not expect that one. 65 in Dallas. 66, Detroit. Mm, okay. 67, Miami again. All right. Uh, 68, Houston, 69, New Orleans. Okay. And then we, uh, I'll just continue on to the, a few of these in the 70s, early 70s. Denver, St. Louis, Philadelphia, Portland. All right. That's a strong four-year run right there. Denver, St. Louis, Philly, and Portland. Yeah. Yeah, really is. So the, the now you, you've got me wondering in Kansas City when it was there, I wonder, was the airport built and would you have flown in for it? Well, it, probably in the 60s, I, I wouldn't have flown. People didn't fly too much in the 60s, did they? Some people did, but probably not as much. You're right. Most people probably would have driven. It would have yeah. been like a two-day drive, too, without the interstate system. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, the some fascinating San Francisco, that one just, like, I don't know how you do the logistics for that without internet and everything. Like, it's almost like you have to have somebody office in San Francisco for the year to Maybe get everything they did. done. Maybe they it's did. Possible. You don't know. All right, so the Kansas City Airport was constructed in 1972. Okay, so not not an issue. And like if that. you fly into it, you go, yeah, it was built in 72. I've never flown into Kansas City, so always Lucky driven. Dog. Always driven. Okay, well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Mine is uh, two conferences that are happening right after the SBC annual meeting that might be of interest for people who are coming. So if you want to kind of extend your stay, the Evangelical Council for Abuse Prevention is going to host its first national conference on June 17th. Now, one thing that is is really great is it's going to be at Nashville First Baptist Church, which is right there next to the Music City Center. So if you're staying in a hotel downtown, you can just extend your stay um, and just walk right over there. So that is, that's great. This is a a group. It was founded in June, 2019 in response to the issue of sexual abuse in evangelical churches and ministries. And its focus is on helping churches and ministries protect children and other vulnerable people from sexual abuse and to respond well when issues related to sexual abuse arise. So this is a, uh, I think it's, it's basically a one day conference, got a lot of, um, Got a lot of, lot of, lot of speakers kind of all wrapped up. Marshall Osbury is going to be speaking as well as Afshin Ziafat and several others. So there are a, a lot of people staying over for that. Then the National Conference on Preaching is also happening in the Nashville area. So I believe this is going to be over in, it's in Donaldson, right? That's in the kind of yeah. the, yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit outside of the downtown area, but not not too far. Very easy to go over there. It's at the Donaldson Fellowship. The theme is 
Preaching in Troubled Times. This is a conference that's been around since 1989. It is. Uh, it was founded by a good friend of the pod, Mike Didway, who is the dean of the Clamp Divinity School at Anderson University. This conference has been going around for years and years, and uh, they just did it on the campus of Southeastern a, a few years ago. So it's a it's a great thing. Southern Baptist pastors, Dean and Sarah, Mike Glenn, H.B. Charles, and Clint Presley will be staying around Um around for that. And it's a just a great time to a great time of refreshment. And then some other speakers who will be there are uh, Chuck Fuller, who's from Anderson University, Stephen Rummage, um, Ralph West, and uh, Charlie Dates, and then just a few others. So it's going to be a great, great opportunity. So if you are coming in and you can kind of stay a few extra days and be encouraged through the National Conference on Preaching, do that. Yeah. That sounds like a heck of a lineup, man. So there's a lot of those guys I, I would love to see preach. So, and have seen preach. So that would be really good. All right. Well, cool. Uh, my resource of the week is the shuttle service. We've mentioned this. Uh, many of Let's you hear about have it. had your hotel rooms moved to downtown. Like almost everybody has gotten their hotel rooms moved downtown. That's been an amazing thing. Uh, testimony to uh, the hard work of Lynn Richmond, by the way as well as uh, the good folks over at Merritt's who does our, our hotel reservation system. So uh, they've been able to move a lot of people. But if you're still staying out at the Gaylord Opryland, I know some people are, or in those area hotels, uh, a lot of our uh, AMS friends are staying out at the Senesta because that is where they're having their gathering prior to the annual meeting. Uh, there will be a free transportation shuttle. A complimentary shuttle will be taking you from your hotel to the downtown area, the frequency, it'll be, you know, every half hour to an hour uh, and was going to be available on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. It starts on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at 7, runs till about 7 at night each of those nights. Sunday, it starts at 1, runs till 9. So you can find out more information and see the full shuttle route in the link in the show notes. So go check that out. Check out the shuttle route. Uh, we'll have that in the app as well. I'll put that in the app today as well. But if uh, if you're interested and if you're staying out there in that area, do check out the shuttles. There's a yellow, green, orange, red, purple. Uh, so it looks like there's like six routes. So uh, and blue. Uh, so there's there's six routes that you can use uh, if you're at one of those hotels. And it looks like it covers all the hotels. I'm looking at the list right now on the route sheet. So do check that out if you're staying at one of those and you want to use that. So it you know budget your time. And, and know that it's going to take a little bit different than just hopping in the car and run down there because you got to wait on the shuttle. But do use those shuttles and uh, check that out if you're going to be staying out there and want to use those for free. So complimentary shuttles for those of you staying out at the airport or at Gaylord Opryland. All right. So, Amy, next week we'll record this live in person, maybe even from the convention floor. I think we can make that happen. That'd be kind of fun, actually. Um, so we'll, we'll see where we record it next week. Maybe we could get on the stage if they won't kick us off. Kevin Gerald may let us use a lunch break or something while they're setting up and we can sit on the stage and record from the stage next week. That'd yeah. Be and then fun. the acoustics on the recording would be, Oh, it'd be terrible, Yeah, but <laughs> it would still be fun. All right, right. So we may do that next week. We'll figure We'll find a, a fun place to record next week at the convention center. And if uh, you're going to be around and want to watch us record, well, that's one weird and two really cool. So, uh, we will be around, but Amy, give me the one thing that you're looking forward to doing here in Nashville while you're here at the convention. So this is, I mean, this is kind of standard. I'm looking forward to seeing people. 
That's what mm, I. Yeah. That's what I'm but most you do that excited every year. about. What's the one thing this year that's unique about this year that you're looking forward to? Well, I just love being downtown, and I'm enjoying. I, and I'm probably you're probably going to see me at Fifth and Broad a lot because that's one of my favorite new spots. So yes, I'm I'm very excited. Yeah, about now we're going to have to wait in line because you told everybody about Kava last week. Sorry, I've had a couple people come to me and say, "I can't believe you told them about that." That's where I was going to go and everything. Becca Stone King, by the way, is the per- first person that ever told me about Kava. And I was like, what? And she just raved about it. Oh, because it's amazing. And then amazing. you raved about it. And right. then I went, and now I rave about it. So right. Becca kind of started that. So I got a, a you know, hat tip to Becca on that. Good friend of the pot. And I, I will tell you this. So I have had in my possession for a while, waiting for the right moment, a gift card for Jenny's ice cream. Ooh, there's one there and, too. Yeah, and I could probably get maybe a couple of trips off this gift card. So I'm going to say that next week before things get really crazy, once I kind of get checked into the hotel and uh, we're doing setup and things like that, if you're looking for me and you can't find me, go check Jenny's at Fifth right. and Broad. So, cool. All right. Well, yeah, and I'm if excited. things get really wild, that's where you'll be. So yes. drowning her sorrows in gooey butter cake. And, Ice cream. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Okay, uh, all right, so the one thing I'm looking forward to, I'm really looking forward to the class experience from the seminaries. Seminaries bring classes every year, and you know we've kind of been a part of that a little bit, kind of on the side. You ran the Southeastern one. Right, I was on the other side. I was on the other other side side. of it. Now we are the ones that get to talk to them. So that I'm really looking forward to that, to to talking to seminary students and seeing what questions they have. Because I feel like seminary students, a lot of times they come to this with a much different perspective than many of us who've been around and been to many of these and, and kind of been around the convention for a while. Right. You know, a lot of them are experiencing this for their first time. And it's always fascinating to talk to first time convention goers to see their thoughts on things and to, to kind of see it through their eyes. So that that's always fun. Yeah, it, it will be great. I've all, I've loved doing that the last few years with Southeastern. And then, so this time it'll be, be really fun to kind of focus our attention on all of them across all the seminaries. So yeah, be really exciting. All right. Well, hey, um, if you're coming next week, be sure to stop us, say hello, tell us you listen to the pod. Uh, we always like interacting with uh, listeners and would love to meet you and see you. And I know we've had a lot of people kind of reach out already and have questions. Again, our DMs are open if you have questions about the convention or just need some advice or just a tip, you know, where to eat or grab something, you know, we can let you know. Um Pretty much no downtown quite well <laughs> since uh, we work here so and, and live around here. So if you have questions, DM us on Twitter, and uh, we'll see you next week, Amy. See you next week.